0: Welcome back to the HCPN, the Honeycomb Prayer Network. Now we're continuing in part nine of our garden series. And today, it might be a little bit longer, but that's okay. We're going to try to hit a few topics. And the topic for today is the idea of the bridal paradigm. To understand that it's a bridal paradigm that we are compared to in Scripture, it's a place of identity that if we don't know that we are considered a bride in Scripture, then we will have a lot of misunderstanding about the Lord and what He's doing in our life. So we need to understand that a bride is espoused to a bridegroom. And what does that mean? So the idea is that there's a time period from the time of engagement to the time of marriage, and even before engagement, there's this idea of courting. So in Jewish tradition, it goes from courting to engagement to marriage. So we are not quite married unto the Lord. There are people that say, I've married myself unto the Lord. We're not really married to the Lord until the time of the great feast when he returns, and there's a feast that takes place It's the marriage of the Lamb. So if anybody says that they are the... They are truly married to the Lord. Well, theologically, that's not really true. Um, They are preparing themselves. They are separating themselves as a bride. But they're not married. They're not given into marriage until the time of the great feast. So that's something to be aware of, that there's a lot of kind of confusion on that subject. Because are we saved? Yes. Now, there's a difference. And I believe that this is for all people, that all people need to understand that they are the bride of the Lord. But there's a difference from being the bride of the Lord and just knowing of the Lord. The difference between being a bride is and just having, you know, being religious or having a personal. I am I have a personal relationship, but well, what does your relationship look like? If he's not talking, if he's not speaking, if he's not engaging you, then your relationship's dead. You may have a relationship long ago. At one point, you had a dream. At one point, the Lord was speaking to you. At one point, you were engaging in prayer. But that's not necessarily true. And it should be the desire of our heart to engage the Lord. And the place of this is found in, there's three places in Scripture that we can go into And we will be talking about when we talk about the idea of the bridal paradigm and what does that mean for us. So we can look in Song of Solomon, we can look in Hosea, and we can look in John, the book of uh, Yochanan, which we would call in Hebrew, but in John in English. Now, when we look at all of these things... We see that in Song of Solomon, it is a romance story of the beautiful things that the Lord does and our response to Him because of He's alluring us. And it's actually the response of we decide to engage the Lord. However, Hosea is the opposite side of the coin where we're running away from the Lord. He's trying to love the, the prostitute, and that she keeps running away from him. They have two kids. They, I mean, there's all sorts of things that are going on. So Gomer, the prostitute, is running away. And that is sometimes our response to the Lord. Like, Lord, I don't want what you have because I don't believe that it's good because I've been so pain, I've gone through this or that and there's this or that. So I can't believe what you're saying. Okay, so what does it mean, this term bridegroom? When we talk about bridegroom, we need to really define this word. So there are two words that are listed in scripture. There is chakthahen, which is Hebrew. It's Strong's 2860. It means daughter's bridegroom or bridegroom. And the second word is the Greek word found nephios, uh, which is 3566, which means It literally means the person that's a bridegroom. So when you think of the marriage, it's the person that marries the woman. So it is the male figure, the male gender, the male sex that marries the woman. That is what a bridegroom means. It's not what we think it means. It's not what we try to define it. There's a lot of implications of people trying to redefine what a bridegroom is, but the the word bridegroom implies a male that was born physically as a male and is sexually as a male unto a sexual and gender-wise female that is born biologically That is the term of this term. You can't construe it to mean something else. You may want to. That is your opinion. It is not uh, correct linguistics to try to change this ancient word. So moving forward, moving into this understanding, it's setting up an understanding of what this thing is. So after doing some research, uh, I believe Bing uh, defined this as relationship to father bride and espousal so we have to go on this trail of what it means to be espoused or to be ins- to have an espousal so here's a couple different meanings that um, i found and i will be giving you the resources so you can look them up and you can study them in your free time the espousal according to being is an act of adopting or supporting a cause belief or way of life so it's a way of life keep that in mind when you go to the thefreedictionary.com, it's a betrothal, a wedding ceremony, adoption of an idea or a cause, advocacy as a cause, a principle, a formal act of approving, a ritual observant practice, a ready taking up of something, and it's embracing. Okay, so you have the idea in the first definition of a way of life. The second definition we can pull out of approving. You are approved and you are embracing something. And when you go to the third source that I found which is vocabulary.com it says when you speak up in favor of something or support a cause It's the favorable reception and it's the process of becoming so the approval Approving and blessing now. Let's go back to scripture So John the Baptist in the New Testament Yokonon is baptizing and he says I'm a friend of the bridegroom before Christ ever stepped into ministry Before Yeshua ever stepped into ministry, John the Baptist understood two great things about scripture found in Song of Solomon and Hosea. If you don't know much about his ministry, you should read those books, then go read about John the Baptist. There's only a couple chapters that involve John the Baptist and he's praised by the Messiah as being a great man. I mean, the the praise that he receives by the creator of the universe is really important. So we need to understand this place of being in the garden. Now, what does this have to do with the garden series? You know, the garden series is about intimacy with Christ, about seeing our identity as a bride. And out of that place of identity, we're able to do all the things that we need to do. So it's a place of embrace. If we think about the desire that the Lord has to show us favor, to bless us, and there's many different ways that he can bless you. Then it's the place of in being intimate, and intimacy scares a lot of people. They're scared that the Lord is going to um, speak horrible judgment. But in Hosea, he said, "I will speak tenderly to her, and I'll lure her and speak tenderly to her." So he will say things that just get you buttered up. It's the place of it's really this amazing and wonderful place for us to be in, and to be captivated. So we talked about captivated recently on our on our podcast here. That it means to entice or, or stir up a heart, to be captivated by the Lord on a recent uh, podcast. Are you captivated by what Scripture says? If not, maybe the issue is there's something in your heart that's stopping you from feeling how the Lord feels about you. You know, Song of Solomon, I believe in chapter 6, I want to say chapter 6, I'll have to look up later, but it speaks about the idea that you have allured me with one glimpse of your eye, you have captivated my heart, or that word captivated goes into the scriptures that say we take every thought captive unto obedience unto the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, right? We covered this on our last podcast of being captivated. If you missed that, go watch it, it's there, this is part nine of the garden series, so these clips are only about 20 minutes long. It's not a hard place to be in. It's not. It's not a hard place. They, they're they only about 20 minutes long. So we want to encourage you in your times of life, when you're going through trials, search out the scriptures. You're going to be able to see things listed in the in the songs of Solomon that are found in the, the place of Psalms. You see, during the time of, of uh, Shlomo, King Shlomo, that was... That's the Hebrew name for Solomon is Shlomo. So Shlomo was the king of all of Israel and inherited his kingdom from his father David, David, who gave him the kingdom. And there was this tabernacle, there was this praise in day and night, night and day, day and night going on. So if you don't believe place of yourself, if, you're, if, you're, if it's hard to see that you are valued or worth, that's actually a direct relationship to your prayer life. If you're not allowing the Lord to speak to you, or you're wondering, well, how, how does the Lord speak? He speaks out of his word. His word speaks to you. The primary way the Lord will speak to you is not based on a vision, revelation, dream, a spiritual encounter. That's not going to be it. It will be always out of his word, and you will not have a great revelation That has not been. Everything that will be, that will be, has already been done. It's just a revealing, a showing, a pulling back, like we talked about on our pop words, of what is there. And if you miss that, that's available for, for a resource for you to look into. Okay, so let's be a little bit more specific here. A lot of people do not understand that they have value because they do not understand that they are loved. A lot of people do not understand the love that God has, even though he wants to be very sweet, he wants to be very kind, and he wants to show you deep places of his heart. He wants to show you how he feels about things. Now, this may be a shocker for some because they believe that he is like the god Zeus, and it's interesting because if you use the name Jesus, you go into the idea, it actually brings up this this idea of judgment, this idea of the place of judgment. That's what the name Jesus means is a place of judgment, but if you talk about Joshua in English, or uh, Yahoshua Ye- or Ye- uh, Yeshua, or Ye- Yasha, if you talk about those places, it talks about freedom, salvation, and liberty. So it's a little bit different of an application, that's the reason why I don't use that name personally, is because it talks about a certain area and train of thought that isn't really about this place of love and intimacy with the Lord. But, you can look at those things, and I encourage you to do that, it gives you a clarity, and it helps you understand the place that you have in the beloved. So. What is this place of beloved? We'll definitely bring a, a video online and a podcast make that available to you of this place of being loved that we find in Scripture. Matter of fact, one of the, the uh, apostles, it, the apostle John, uh, and in Hebrew that would be Yochanan, was the beloved of the Lord. He was the beloved, the, the apostle in which was loved. He was the most beloved. What was he referring to? He was experiencing the Lord's emotion for him, and he was the only one that didn't flee. He was one of the only apostles that did not actually flee and live the longest that was recorded to live. We don't know if he died. We don't know if he passed on. But he was also rebuked by Christ about um, what is it if another person was to tarry. And that was in reference to, to Simon Peter, who had failed and the Lord was correcting Uh, Yochanan, about the experience that Peter had of failure. What is it to me if Peter was able to live all of his life? The whole point is that we don't get jealous of other people's relationships. In fact, if we're angry or jealous or like, why don't you do that with me, Lord? How come they are the anointed one? Well, it's because they are surrendering their lives. You can be that. You can have that experience. The question is, are you wanting to go through the intimacy to get it? Most people aren't. They just want the Pop-Tart or the instant effect. They just want the anointing without actually having to go through an experience. Because when you go through a series of events, people make fun of you, you're ridiculed, you're cast out, you're shamed. You realize that there's a dependence that you have to have on the Lord. So we will engage this idea of the Lord wants to show you his heart and his emotions so that it changes you. Anyway, you have listened to this podcast available on the HCPN Honeycomb Prayer Network. We're so glad that you can join us today and listen. If this podcast is blessing you, go ahead and share it. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Honeycomb House of Prayer in Burleson, the HCPN uh, Honeycomb Prayer Network online, and eventually we hope to be launching a website within the year. So hopefully you can find our podcast available on there as well. If you'd like more information about anything that we do, you can go ahead and email us our current email address that will change in the future, but for right now, if you want to get a hold of us or be added to our prayer board, which we pray for the needs of individuals for a month, you can email us at hophoneycomb at gmail.com. Again, that's hophoneycomb at gmail.com. And we'd love to be in prayer if you have any questions. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, everything we do is free. We have our Issachar blog on Facebook that is offers free prophetic words encouraging things and what the Lord's doing in heaven and what our intercessors at the House of Prayer in Burleson and around the world are sensing the Lord's doing in the earth. So if you'd like to check that out, you're more than welcome. It's called the Iskar Scribe again. And like we just said, everything we do, we strive to provide everything we do for free. We don't ever want to charge people. Our podcast here, you don't have to subscribe to. It. It's just free. We offer it for free. But if you like What we do, if you're encouraged or you're encouraged about the humanitarian outreach that we do through our orphanages, through our work that we do, we'd love for you to come and support us. We'll include our PayPal description below if you'd like to sow or support us financially. You can do that if you would be impressed to do so. Well, blessings and may the grace of the Lord keep you. And until next time, Shalom Aleichem. Peace upon peace. And we'll see you next time at the HCPN, the Honeycomb Prayer Network.